Hey guys, it's Juju Talk Sports, and you are listening to the Slump Buster Podcast, episode 82. Today's guest is going to be Adam Lewis from the What Offseason Podcast. Today, Adam and I break down the shocking James Harden trade, the Alabama Crimson Tide rolling to another national championship, and give you a preview for the NFL Divisional Round Playoffs. But before we do that, folks, let me give a shout out to our partners, the best partners in the game, starting first with Manscaped.com. Let's make a New Year's resolution, guys. Let's make a New Year's resolution to be better, feel better, and the Lawnmower 3.0, the Perfect Package 2.0, the Crop Preserver, the Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs, these are all products that will ensure that 2021 is truly your year. And if you use promo code SLUMP, you won't be a chump. You'll, in fact, save 20% off plus free shipping and handling it on any of the great Manscaped.com products. Promo code SLUMP, save 20% off plus free shipping and handling at Manscaped.com. But the savings don't stop with promo code SLUMP, folks. There's also this little company based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico called Caveman Coffee Co. And if you use promo code SLUMP, you're going to save yourself some money on any of their fantastic cold brews, their hibiscus teas. They have a wide variety, a wide variety of selection for you guys to get that morning boost of energy in the morning or just get through the work week. I'm telling you, cavemancoffeeco.com promo code SLUMP is the perfect recipe to start your morning. And to ensure that you have... Good fortune heading into the new year. If you want to bet on any of these playoff games, if you want to bet on some NBA actions, MLB, don't do it without checking out Razorsport.com first. That's Razor, R-A-Z-E-R, sport.com. They're offering tons of free trials, folks, and they have a diverse crew of bettors and handicappers that have been playing against Vegas for years. If you need the tools to beat Vegas, I'm telling you, Razorsport.com. This is the company you want to check out. That's Razor, R-A-Z-E-R, sport.com. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you for Adam for joining us on the podcast. And without further ado, folks, it's time to hashtag bust the slump. Enjoy. Quiet on the set. Make sure my mic is on. There is Dre and Juju Dog diving towards the pylon. Go for two, so damn rude. Recognize authority. Spitting tips for fantasy. No way you're outscoring me. Bold predictions with conviction every single day. Sports addiction, no restriction. Kicking game like Pele. He's the greatest. What's the basis? Pick an athlete. Let's debate this game. Outrageous trading places. Sudden death, take 10 paces. Turn and shoot. Boys, the truth. Mamba mentality. Future greats take their place. Dreams become reality. Lower outside, knocked it out the park. Your boy discovered fire like a rock with a spark. Refs acting like Neanderthals. Phantom flags, nothing calls. Heartbreak losses, tragic falls. Every week, discuss it all. Settle in, listen up. Free your time like Andrew Luck. Show's about to start. I suggest you buckle up. Welcome in, Slump Busters. It is time for a familiar voice on the pod, familiar face. Um, a man who takes no offseason, Adam Lewis from What Offseason. Welcome back to the Slump Buster. What's going on, man? Thank you so much for having me back in. Super appreciate it. Y'all, one of the first podcasts that hit me up about a year ago to come on. And um, it's been great ever since, man. You know, y'all really kind of kicked me in the tail to get it serious. You know, y'all, one of the first people to actually want to bring me on a show. So always happy to be back, man. Thank you so much. Let, let's dig into this today. The last time you were on, we were talking about the AFC South and we were actions and everything. So unfortunately, my 0-16 Jags prediction didn't really work out. Right. You were close, though. You were really close. And we're, of course, recording this when both AFC South teams are gone. 
Right, oh. for real. No, no AFC South representatives left, man. That's it. Meanwhile, one's in turmoil, too, with a disgruntled superstar. Disgruntled yeah. superstar in Houston. I think that's going to be a theme throughout today's episode, right? Literally, man. You're segueing perfectly into it. You're totally right. Exactly, because last night, I, I think most people don't realize when they're watching a historic event, and I'm not talking about recent events also taking place also in the world. I'm talking about last night we were live in the Toyota Center in mm-hmm. Houston watching James Harden the Houston Rockets versus the Los Angeles Lakers. It was a bit of a runaway. Stopped the count at one point in there. Um, <laughs> and there was an obvious trend that myself and Slump Buster Bob kept saying throughout the game. Man, James doesn't look into it tonight. And little did we know, there was a little bit of drama going behind the scenes. There was a moment in which John Wall and him couldn't could quite connect on a pass. Then we had the post-game press conferences while I was honestly exhausted in bed and then wake up to just, oh my God, like the Marcus Cousins coming at him. Oh yeah. Wall coming at him. And then before you know it, this happens. Woj bomb. Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodion Crux, and three Brooklyn first rounders are going to be with Houston, including a Milwaukee first rounder, unprotected. All of these picks are unprotected, which is insane. James Harden is a net. Karis Vert, second rounder to the Pacers, and the Cavs get Jared Allen and Talion Prince. Wow, I was right. not expecting that <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to be able to wrap our heads around that, man? That's so many players moving for really in realistic, like in reality, one guy, one guy. Yeah, my, my thing on it. So we, we've talked about the possibility of James Harden going to Brooklyn. That has right. been well talked about for the last few weeks, the last few months. But last time that me and the Boda boys were talking about it, it came down to this. I look at Brooklyn with James Harden, with Kyrie Irving, with Kevin Durant, and there's only two possibilities, a championship or a second round exit for me. And there's going to be no in between. Right. What about you? Where, where do you think this team's potential lies? Do you think those possibilities I'm spot on? Or Well, so the thing with me, man, is like, unfortunately, with the Nets now, you've got, in my opinion, you've got three players that want to be that guy. Like we, we all know about Kyrie Irving. Oh, the world's flat. Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, I wasn't really kidding. Like we, we all know, we all know the craziness about him saging the plays before the game. You know, he wants that attention. There's been no doubt that Kyrie Irving has always wanted the spotlight on him, the cloud on him since he's coming to the NBA. But you look at KD leaving OKC, going to Golden State. He knew he wasn't going to be able to got, be able to be the guy. But at that point he wanted rings. When he went to Brooklyn, he wants to be the guy now. Like he is there. He wants to be the number one. Like you hear Brooklyn, you hear KD, you know? Now you got a guy like James Harden coming in because we know as soon as he left OKC, he immediately became the number one guy over in Houston. Things weren't working out. And, you know, maybe it could be a good change for James Harden. Maybe he'll go over there. And I mean, you know, maybe he'll turn heel and everybody will be like, what the hell? Like he was really just showing his ass in Houston because now he wanted to just ball with KD and Kyrie, you know, but obviously Kyrie's, you know, going through some stuff right now, taking personal days. Apparently Kevin Durant agrees with him, but they're distant. I don't know, man. There's a lot of reports out there. I would say the ceiling for this team, you know, before they brought Harden in was definitely an NBA title for sure. I mean, you know, they're a well-rounded team, no doubt. And I have all the respect for Steve Nash being the coach, even though Kyrie really wasn't vibing with him. And I don't don't really understand why, you know, how can you not respect Steve Nash? Like he's such a legend, maybe the best passer we've ever seen. Like, and and that's without question, you know, so much passion, so much heart. Can't forget about the hair, man. Like there's no questioning Steve Nash's intellect and, you know, love for the game of basketball. But also, you know, at the floor, I could really see this team, like you mentioned a Woj bomber, 
earlier, man. I can see this team bombing out, potentially like exploding. Maybe not even a second round exit, bro. Maybe even a first round exit. Maybe there's so many personalities. Like, you know what it reminds me a lot of is how a lot of people are calling the Steelers a noisy team right now. I feel like Brooklyn could potentially become a noisy team because you got a lot of personalities on that team. And now that's another mouth defeat in James Harden. And like I said, maybe James Harden could come in and, you know, maybe he'll get back into the game feeling himself. Maybe he really just wanted to show his tail in Houston so he could get to Brooklyn, man. But it's going to be crazy either way. That was a crazy headline. And, you know, like I said, I could see them maybe winning a title or they would bomb out and honestly not even go for the playoffs, dude. Well, the big one in this is this huge wild card of Kyrie Irving at the moment. Yeah. You mentioned him not really vibing with Steve Nash. I read that report How? as well. Like, I don't I don't get if that. You, if you talk to Kyrie and he said it, we don't even need a coach. This guy is so egotistical over the top. And Stephen A hit it on the head today. He said, Kyrie, maybe you should just honestly think about retirement because clearly his priorities aren't really there with being in the NBA. And I agree with that because yes, like uh, coming off of the events that happened in Washington, I understand a lot of people are feeling disgruntled in a certain type of way, but at the same time, just think about it from this perspective. How many people have called off work the next day? And yet this guy right. is calling off a week and yep. I don't know how the James Harden news is going to impact his return to the Nets. Right. But there was projections that he might not be back with them for another week. Meanwhile, the NBA's got this whole investigation on him for right. that picture of him not wearing the mask at the party, which I would have been fine to let go if it was just that. If it was just that, I would have been like, okay, well, you know, hey, you're with family, whatever. I don't even know what the party situation is. Are we talking like a kid's candle cake birthday party? Right. What, 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 what kind of party are we talking about here? Like, where was he at unmasked? <laughs> yeah, because if it's like a James Harden type party, that's a different type of party <laughs> going on behind the scenes. But <laughs> We're not at Chuck E. Cheese there, man. We're, we're hoping to club if it's a Harden party. New York's a great city for him. The club's never right. close. Honestly, yeah, honestly. And you know that, like I said, James Harden really could have just been showing his ass in Houston, wanted out. I mean, it's kind of been the same old song and dance with Houston. And I feel like when they got to the Western Conference against Golden State that one year and just couldn't make it happen, like maybe that's just really lingering with him, you know? But either way, man, I mean, you know, he's in another conference now. So it wouldn't surprise me if James Harden just like immediately got back into basketball. You, you know what I mean by that? Because his personality has like almost become so infectious and so toxic in the NBA. And that's what I was saying. Like, I think it's an awful pickup for Brooklyn in a way because you have three guys that are bursting with personality you you have to feed their mouths now and they want to be that dude so it's it's going to be interesting for Brooklyn for sure well this is a team that could put up 150 easy I'm not oh, questioning that easy. but the problem is when I look about how their playing styles work with each other it just doesn't seem like a mesh point for me right I mean Kyrie dribble hold the ball shoot Exactly. Dribble, hold the ball, shoot. Like KD's the most dynamic player out of the three of them. And like, is that saying much? Yes. But like, I I don't know, man. I I, I don't like it deep down. I don't like it. Like how I've been thinking about the Ravens and the Bills this weekend. I'm finally going to take the Ravens, even though I really thought the whole time the Bills were going to win. I got this deep feeling that it was not a good pickup for Brooklyn. And like a lot of people were saying ECF, you know, maybe even the finals, maybe even winning the title. And then just, I don't think James Harden was the right move for them, man. I don't think they needed him. Yeah, need, want, desire, right? concepts that don't necessarily always work in the best interest of a team and an organization moving forward. As far right. as for Houston, now they get a few low, more low-profile guys. They have right. a ton of draft picks now. They could build up for sure. Like, they've got so much draft capital. Like like I said, so much of a haul for realistically one superstar to make a move. That and then Oladipo, so, obviously, you know, yeah. went to Houston, which was kind of big. Like, that's a good utility piece. Like, Oladipo is very respected, you know. So, I mean, with all those picks, you know, Houston really could have been onto something. I don't blame them for wanting to get Harden out of there. I mean, he was... 
yeah, it was tough. Well, they've hit a wall with him because exactly they have been so versatile and the guys that they've brought into that locker room to try and complement James's style. Exactly. Westbrook, whether that be CP3, whether it be Dwight Howard, they've been doing. You just named like three great players. John Wall, (laughs) hell, I was watching John Wall last night and he looked like the best player that the Rockets were throwing out there. Um, James just looks so disinterested in the game and it was apparent, obviously, Last game there goes to the media. We're just not good enough to win. And they, yes, I guess you can say, yeah, they're not good enough to beat the Lakers at this current juncture in time. But if you're a leader. Not a lot of teams are, man, but that's the motivation to have. You know, that's how you got to get that ring. You know, you got to go through LeBron and the Lakers. I feel for their new coach. Obviously, we've been talking so much too about like, minority coaches in the NBA he doesn't even get a chance to work with a superstar in James Harden because James is just so disinterested in him from the start exactly GM and now he goes to Brooklyn obviously it works very well because Dan Tony is also there who knows who's really pulling the strings between Dan Tony and Nash and I will say for the Nets benefit they didn't have to eat that much into their death of course (laughs) Karis LeVert (laughs) is like a huge piece I'm not going to completely undersell that but right I want to say he was all NBA last year like for yeah. the like the all NBA bubble team or something. No, they mortgage the future, there. but if you can win a title this year, you win a title next year. It doesn't matter what future you mortgage. Um, the only problem for them is they don't want to end up like that previous Nets team that right. sold everything to the Celtics and didn't win shit. It, literally, yeah, <laughs> I feel you on that, man. That's the biggest cause for concern, and yeah, I, this has beautiful disaster written all over it. That's a perfect way to put it. Like, it's a really ugly canvas, but they might be able to paint it so beautiful for like an ECF or an NBA title, but it's probably not going to happen. Like, I just, I don't realistically see three personalities that are that effervescent in this sport. Like, like the NBA is a culture sport. The NBA is all about like what the media is popping about. Like, and, and it's the only sport, a good way to put this into perspective is it's the only sport where there's not a barrier between you and the fans. You don't sit courtside in the NFL. You don't sit, you know, I mean, you sit home plate in major league, but there's still that net in between you, you know? in the NBA it's so viral like it's probably the most viral sport like the easiest to get the content out there for you know and with three guys like that on the same team new coach like they want to win the title I just I don't see it happening man it's just it feels like you said like a beautiful disaster 100% this kind of feeds into a previous prediction I made I said either one of Kevin Durant or Kyrie wouldn't be on the nets in 2022 and I'm kind of feeling that if let's say they don't win that title this year right they just blow up like one piece there because you could win a title if you told me James Harden and Kevin Durant were just the two driving pieces i think you can win a title right and KD, i was always kind of feeling a little hesitant on and right this isn't just the celtics spice lingering through i look at Kyrie, man the guy is just so frustrating to like think about from like a fan perspective from a broadcasting perspective exactly headline but I think he's more trouble than he's worth. He hasn't done anything outside of having LeBron as a teammate. I agree, man. Definitely agree. And he had a decent stint in Boston. Obviously, you know, he was great in Cleveland. Some people say one of LeBron's rings is because of Kyrie. I get that. Now he's in Brooklyn, but it's, it, it has been a, you know, like a steadfast decline, you know, like, and it's unfortunate because Kyrie's extremely talented, you know, like on his best day, you could argue he's a top two, top three point guard in the league. But when do you get his best day? When do you get the Kyrie Irving? That's not trying to be toxic and not trying to draw all the personality attention to him and and there's nothing wrong with that but when you're so loud in a sport like like I said man it's with the Steelers you eventually start getting distracted you start having noise around your team and that's going to distract you from the final goal which obviously is a championship that's what every player wants this is message brought to you by the foundation for a perfect package why do I need manscape why do I need manscape 
Why do I need Manscaped? Because the only fruit I want is the one up top. Because being in a relationship is not an excuse to be lazy. Because I like talking ball, not smelling like them. Because deforestation is proven for forest virus. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's Crop Preserver guarantees that you smell your best all day long. Manscaped boxer briefs are the most comfortable underwear on the market. Manscaped's advanced skincare technology makes Nick's a thing of the past. Manscaped is the number one in men's grooming. Subscribers get two free blade refills every three months. Get 20% off plus free shipping handling with the promo code SLUMP at manscaped.com. That's the promo code SLUMP at manscaped.com. Get your lawnmower 3.0 today. We are the Slump Busters. And we approve this message. Oh, yeah. Championships. Speaking of championship winning coaches, Doug Peterson is fired. Let's face it, dude. We're, we're not huge NBA heads. We like talking from football. Let's get into some of course. headlines here. I just faked it till I made it right there, man. Now we're good. Now, now we're into real stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like the NBA is great for just the drama, the storylines it builds. Football, it's got some drama, but also I love talking the games. Oh, um, of course. It's America's sport, bro. 100%. There's it, no question. It really has that. taken over. By the way, shout out to the national championship winning Crimson Tide. We'll get into, we'll touch on that a little bit here. Yeah, they rolled them, man. Devontae really, Smith was, they, it could have just been Devontae Smith on the field, it felt like, honestly. It really rolled, but yeah, Doug Peterson. So he's officially gone from the Philadelphia Eagles. I said that move made the most sense given their cash right. situation, given you just can't trade Carson. It basically locks him Not in with that price starter tag. for 2021 because Jalen Hurts, yes, he's shown flashes, but he also did only have 70 some passing yards in that last game anyway. I understand now the tanking situation that makes it look bad. It's not like Jalen Hurts was tearing up the Washington football team defense that night. Either. Right. Was this the right move in your mind? It felt like the only move to me. Yeah, I feel you. So I actually had a show on this last night and it was a good perspective the way we got into it, man. So you look at Doug Peterson as a head coach, he's 46, 39 and one, 49, 36 and one, somewhere around those numbers. And I'm pretty close on that four and two in the postseason. But after the Super Bowl, he's 22, 25 and one as a head coach. And for anyone listening that might not know what that is, that's 22 wins, 25 losses and a tie. So he hasn't had a positive record. Yes, he went nine and seven those couple of years. And I give a lot of respect to Carson Wentz. I mean, he was the first quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards and not have a receiver catch for 500 like that in itself is insane but the fact that you can go nine and seven being that injury plague like you look at the Falcons they've been devastated from injuries for the past few years and I feel like the Falcons potentially have one of the worst coaching staffs in the league and they keep falling you look at the Eagles back to back nine and seven but now to the four eleven and one so or, or you know four and twelve whatever it was but getting rid of Doug Peterson it's tough because you know you look at the Super Bowl year Carson Wentz still went down when Carson Wentz went down that was it almost felt like that was a narrative kind of put on Philadelphia you know because in the both nine and seven scenes I mean, they're, they're throwing a practice squad, guys, like literally. There's nobody on the roster that is an actual threat, you know, for Philadelphia, which, you know, explains the success they haven't had in the past few seasons. But you look at Doug Peterson, you know, to still be able to go nine and seven those two seasons. And then, yes, you do fall to four and 11. And the benching of Jalen Hurts was pretty, you know, like, like that was awful. That really might have sealed the deal. But to me, in a way, I feel like maybe Doug Peterson, uh, you know, he got the short end of the stick or maybe he got dealt a bad hand. And here's why, because this guy just won the Super Bowl three years ago. He just won a shootout with the greatest NFL player of all time and Tom Brady. He beat Bill Belichick. Like Brady's lost a Super Bowl three times, one to Doug Peterson and twice 
to Tom Coughlin, you know, with Eli Manning and the Giants. So that has something to say, most definitely. Obviously, you know, like you said, you can't deal Carson. So you kind of start to look at Doug Peterson again. I, I think you give Jalen Hurts all the chance in the world. I think he's played good football, maybe not fantastic football, but, you know, look at the draft class that he's more than likely getting compared to. So do I feel like Doug Peterson going probably was the best move? Yeah, because let's let's get a fresh start. You know, let's get everybody back healthy. Let's just get a new overall mantra, I guess, in Philadelphia. But if I was a fan, I feel like I'd be really distraught because we were just in the Super Bowl, like I said, three years ago, four years ago, beating Tom Brady in a shootout on the grandest stage of them all. Like that was amazing for the city. I mean, hell, there's a statue of Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, and now they're both gone. So like, if you even wanted to hold that up, that's out of the window. Uh, but but Doug Peterson leaving, man, it's it's tough. But when you look at everything else, it, it unfortunately feels like he was the one that had to get out of there. So like I said, I hate it for him, but I understand Philly. And, and, and they're a Northern team, dude. You know, the media up there doesn't take anything. They'll straight up call you dog trash on the radio and make you listen to it. Like up North is way different than down South. So I totally understand the move, but I feel for Doug Peterson. Um, Don't really, un- you know, I don't really know his value right now in the NFL. Like who would rightfully want to have him? Maybe a coordinator, but I don't think he's a head coach, you know, material right now. So that's, that's definitely where I stand on that, man. Well, the problem for Doug Peterson is if you're an offensive coach, but you don't call your own plays, then you're basically Boom. worthless at this point in the league. Exactly. And exactly. For Doug, he is the shortest tenured Super Bowl winning head coach since John Gruden at this point. And Jeez. you're right, that, that statue, <laughs> I don't know, like uh, they do still have the Rocky statue in Philly, so I guess they can leave it standing. <laughs> at least it happened. <laughs> It did right. in fact happen, guys. Philly, Philly, Nick Foles winning a Super Bowl. I know it sounds like a dream, but yes, you were in fact sober, except most of Philly that night. <laughs> right, literally. <laughs> um, as far as kind of like from the perspective of the Philadelphia Eagles, at this point, I think Doug Peterson getting fired was the start of what needs to be a grander change in that locker room. We saw right. those reports of Carson Wentz. His practice habits aren't good enough. People thought the Nick Foles should have not got traded. And those are coming from player sources. Who are those right. player sources? There's been a lot of assumptions over the last few years. Alshon Jeffrey or um, Zach Ertz. Or, it's time for them just kind of like clear house of any of that relationship. If they right. want to move forward with Carson, which it sounds like, again, they have to. There's an economic element to this at this point. <laughs> at they this have point, to yes. move forward with Carson Wentz. It's cheaper um, to keep her for Philadelphia in terms of Carson Wentz right now, man. That's how bad it is. Yeah, so anyone that's on like that 2017 roster that won the thing, right? unfortunately need to go, which is hard to do when you talk about, like again, guys like Zach Hurts, who, yeah, he looked a little washed anyway. Or, you know, Alshon, you know, he, his time had come in Philly. Yeah, if you're the Eagles moving forward, looking at the division, you can still bounce back and win this right. thing. It's not a foregone conclusion. None of the teams in that division at the moment have a franchise quarterback. If you think Carson Wentz was as good as the guy you drafted him to be, then you are instantly ahead of everyone in that division, regardless right. of what Washington did, what Dallas did. Um, well, respect to Dak, of course, but I get what you're saying. Dak, Dak is going to continue to be a box score king, but until they get that coaching right in Dallas, it's it's a no-go. And we still don't know what's going to happen with Dak as far as his contract situation. Um, when he's coming back from that injury, I don't think that plays into it as much. Uh, obviously, it seems like um, it's making a full recovery. It was a clean break, which, you know, it looked ugly. Don't get me wrong. It looked ugly on TV, but um, I, I think he'll be fine based off other players have had similar injuries, right? Their biggest conundrum is, can we win with this guy versus how we pay this guy when they were able to win a few games with Andy Dalton, when they were still losing games with Dak, it's like, right. Is this 40 million? It doesn't feel like 40 million. 
Exactly. I feel that if if you're going to be getting paid that much, you got to be putting up something like, you know, you look, you look at the top paid quarterbacks in the NFL this year, like even Jared Goff had a decent season, Big Ben, Russell Wilson, you know, Matt, with the exception of Matt Ryan, Drew Brees had a decent year. He was, you know, hurt for some, but you know, when you're potentially going to get paid like that, like that's the type of money where you're special, where you overcome the bad coaching, where you overcome the subpar areas of your team, you know, like, like you're the quarterback, you're the leader and Dak's got all that, but I don't know if he can elevate the Cowboys to that next level because like I've said man coaching matters way more than talent in the NFL no question the Browns from last year to this year were a perfect example of that well here's a stat the last quarterback to win a Super Bowl being over 13 percent of their cap hit was Steve Young Steve Young hasn't played since the 90s that's where it comes into this thing too even with Carson as well as like damn we're paying this guy a lot of money it's gonna be really hard to build around him when we have no money to work with it definitely makes that job a little lukewarm as far as like empty head coaching positions there was that rumor that they reached out to Lincoln Riley but if you're looking at open head coaching positions where does Philly rank for you in terms of like is it an attractive job I mean, if you're a head coaching candidate, you want to go to a job with an opportunity to legitimately succeed. Right. You're not going into the job assuming um, that you'll be out in three years. Right. Absolutely. You know, I would say, obviously, if Philadelphia can stay healthy, they've got talent, they've got players, you know, they made moves on the defense in the offseason, in the draft, you know, I don't think they moved at the trade deadline, but, you know, bringing in Darius Slay was a good pickup. And uh, they just got, you know, they've got decent talent in general. I would say, I'd probably have to agree with you. It's probably a warm coaching spot. I don't think it would be as attractive as maybe like a Chargers job or, or maybe, you know, a Falcons job, because like those are teams that are uber talented, but they're falling short in coaching. And I feel like those two teams that I just named, you know, would be a better you know uh landing spot for a coach but as far as philadelphia yeah it'd probably be warm for me just because i mean you got to keep those guys healthy and the defense isn't the greatest but there's still potential there to win and like i said there's no doubting the talent so it you know if i had to give it a scale of one to ten probably for me like a four or a five i'd probably chill at a five you know nothing insane but definitely you know a place still going to to work for without question other spots do you like look at the potential of going to jacksonville Let's face it, you get Trevor Lawrence, that sounds good on paper. He's, he has all the intangibles there. And then you have the the team with the number two overall pick this coming year, the New York Jets. That They have an open head coaching position as well. And it's looking like Robert Sala might be able to lock that one down. from. That would be huge because Robert Sala's got a lot of heart, a lot of fire, a lot of passion in his game. And that's what New York needs right now. Definitely. I- I can only hope, obviously, I would be rooting for Robert to have a solid thing. It sounds like it's a foregone conclusion that he's gone anyway, so I've accepted that as a Niners fan. That brings me to my next kind of topic. So speaking of the New York Jets, they have that number two pick. This kind of ties into what we're talking about with the national championship game. Justin Fields, he's out there. He got a lot of buzz after that Clemson win. Of course. Dante Smith gained a lot of buzz after his national championship win. Right. Number two is an interesting spot to be in if you are the New York Jets. Penny Sewell sat out this season, but supposed to be a generational offensive tackle. Whatever Probably the best tackle in the in the draft. A lot of people have him going up there for sure. And then there's this kid Zach Wilson out there from yeah. BYU, Little Mormon College. Who is going to be the number two overall pick this year, or who should be the number all overall pick? 
the number two overall pick, for some reason, I could still see the Jets hanging on to Sam Darnold. For some reason, I can just I can see it happening. Something just deep down tells me that they're not going to move off Sam Darnold just yet. And in a way, I don't blame them because Sam Darnold is not garbage. He just doesn't have a lot of talent around him. Um, if you definitely want to talk about what the Jets could need at the number two pick, I mean, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches at this point. You know, you could go quarterback, you could go tackle, you could go wide receiver. Off the top of my head, I would recommend drafting Devontae Smith if he's still there, which if you're at the two pick, Trevor Lawrence is going to be one. So go ahead and grab Devontae Smith. And here's why, you know, you look at, you know, not having Brashad Perriman necessarily there in, um, you know, in New York, as well as you wanted him to be. And just the overall receiving core with the Jets isn't something that's super strong for them. And, you know, people have always talked about Sam Darnold potentially not having that talent. And I remember, I remember when Brashad Perriman went to the New York Jets and I was thinking, you know, this guy, like Sam Darnold could maybe have a decent year. He's finally got what feels like a number one wide, you know, wide receiver one at his disposal. But if you bring in a guy like Devontae Smith, like, yeah, he might be a rookie, but look at Justin Jefferson, you know, look at CD lamb, look at all the rookie receivers, Henry Ruggs in the NFL that were just balling this year, man. I mean, even rookie tight ends, they're getting their touches. They're able to play well, but if you could bring in Devonte Smith, you know, if you have Robert Sala as your head coach in New York, that's going to bring all the fire and passion you need just right there at the core of your players. But then if you can bring in an explosive guy like Devonte Smith, who you know is probably going to go off for 1100 yards as a rookie, maybe catch double digit touchdowns. I might be reaching there because he was a beast in college. And obviously you got to adjust to the game in the NFL, but um, I would definitely recommend taking Devonte Smith at two. And if you don't take him, definitely go for Justin Fields, you know, the quarterback out of Ohio State. But I just, like I said, and I saw you kind of agree with me. I don't see New York moving off Sam Darnold just yet. So I would say Devonte Smith is a safe pick or go for a tackle as well. I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction here, honestly. I'm going to say the Jets should go quarterback. I'm yeah. going to say that they should go with Fields or Wilson. And here's why. I feel as though Sam, we're kind of going off of our draft day expectations of what he is at this point in the league. Of course. Enough tape. And yes, I understand Adam Gase is a hindrance on young quarterback development when you look at a guy like Ryan Tannehill. Oh, yeah. Yes, I understand. Even in college, Sam was with a coach who literally got fired in a head coaching meeting for showing up drunk, you know? Yeah. So (laughs) I I think obviously it's safe to say Sam hasn't had the best opportunity to succeed. But at this point, I wonder how many bad habits you have to work out of Sam's like um, career to be able to move forward with him. And if you are bringing in a defensive head coach like Robert Sala, then you're already putting yourself in a position where you're not bringing in a guy who's necessarily going to go in, teach Sam Darnold uh, the ways to move the football down the field in the National Football League. Of course. Um, So I feel like it's in their best interest to move towards a guy on a rookie contract, because that's another thing too. Sam's contract, he's already going to be three years in and he's coming towards the point where, okay, now what do we pay this guy? If he has one good season this coming year, does that just suddenly change your opinion of three years of bad tape Does right put you in a situation where you're Dak Prescott where uh, yes you proved it but I want you to prove it a little bit more to me of course and I think it'd just be better for them to just get a fresh start if they're bringing in a new administration um, and try and change that culture there and then when I look at guys like Justin Fields that win alone against Clemson was very telling to me yes I can't completely throw out the book on Northwestern game or the Alabama loss itself. But his highs in college definitely even look better than even Sam Darnold's highs back in college. Definitely. Definitely, man. um, At this point in the pro game. Like, what is Sam Darnold's signature win in the pros or at the college level? Right. I can't can't name a signature win. 
exactly a signature game well the only game that comes to mind maybe is his rookie year I know he threw four touchdowns against the Packers and what was kind of a down year for them yeah yeah <laughs> the Packers he talking about the Packers when Aaron Rodgers wasn't healthy a couple years ago like the six and ten Packers exactly and if, right and they still lost that game right I think that kind of tells me that Sam's at the point where he might be just looking for a fresh start himself he needs to be in a different uniform Some people have said Sam Darnold to the Steelers. Juju's called for it, you know, being a USC guy. Sam Darnold's a USC guy, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, but uh, Juju's also a free agent, and uh, I think the Steelers (laughs) might be a little bit reluctant to... He's going to be TikToking somewhere else, man. (laughs) Hey, there's 12-year-olds making bank on TikTok now. Maybe Juju could consider a career change at this point. Right, honestly. honestly, Corvette's not really playing too well, though, so he probably has to think (laughs) of some new material. Yeah. You know, I'll address that. Juju, stop giving us bad names. See, <laughs> I'm trying to be on this podcast. I'm trying to put some good Juju in people's lives. Juju Smith-Schuster. Bad Juju. And to think, I agree. I wanted to do a Juju Juju podcast. A little bit more Juju for you. How many more right. Jujus can I th- fit into the sentence? I'll let the audience decide on that one. But yeah, uh, Sam, as a backup in Pittsburgh, been there. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. the right answer is with the Steelers either. They're in a position in which you have three young quarterbacks They're in, a sticky in that situation division. Sure. Um, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. Browns just got their first playoff win in years, decades. Apparently right. the Browns aren't just the Browns. Right. Hey, see, man, and that was my thing. That's when Juju really started to bother me. Like, And of course he can easily play it off with his mannerisms and, oh, I was just talking, you know, this and that. And, you know, the Browns are the Browns. And then obviously that's the first thing Baker says when he's running back to the locker room after he wins his game. But then I think the biggest thing is when Juju, like, I, you know, I went and watched his TikToks when he was actually dancing on some of the logos. And he literally put in the caption, like it was funny, new trend, dance on your opponent's logo. To me, that just screams like you're trying to be disrespectful. Like you're literally wanting to make it a trend to dance on the opposing team's logo. Like, I don't know, man, maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but like you're in the NFL, like you're not in high school anymore. And I get it. Like the NFL is a man's game, you know, talk your trash when you're supposed to, when you're out there doing your thing. But when you go 11 and 0 and then one and five down the stretch, like that's tough, man. You you lose your talking rights. And then you got Claypool on TikTok. The Browns are going to get clapped next week. So it's all good. And again, it was a simple comment, but he knows what he meant behind that. And maybe if it's just the media blowing it up, you shouldn't be out there as a professional football player because I mean that's that's borderline disrespect talk like you're saying the Browns are nothing bro they just wiped you in Pittsburgh in your own house beat you two out of the last three times I get it you rested your starters and they then Cleveland just about did everything to blow that game but like it's still in the papers and as of right now they still have shit talking rights man so it's it's tough for them because some people say you know is this the culture potentially that has become uh Pittsburgh and, and I don't believe that because Mike Tomlin's a really good guy but it's a sticky situation right now for the Steel City no question man the thing that caught me about the Juju stuff and I was talking about this with like my roommate was just like it's kind of like the M- the NBA versus the NFL why you just don't dance on other teams logos you know exactly. like the league will teach you quick and like what's the worst exactly. thing that happen in an NBA game someone throws an elbow no Juju learned very quickly in that Cincinnati game you can get blown up people's careers are out there they're not wasting time you know? Von Bell blew his ass up too Von Bell said yeah <laughs> yeah you know I mean rocked him dude <laughs> One of my favorite moments uh, growing up as a kid, um, one of the first games I remember was the T.O. on the star, arm spread, touchdown, right? And what's his name? Jeff Teague or whatever just made sure to lay him out quick. And, you know, as much as 
a Niners fan, I was looking at that like the guys just trying to have fun. You know, it's just just a kind of like perspective. You know, you go into someone's right. house, you know, everything like that because what is, when it's on the team's logo, there. like you're literally taking a shot like directly at them. And like I said, you know, maybe we thinking too much about it, but like you know, you shouldn't be doing that. That's just it's that's bad juju. Precisely, that is bad juju for somebody. Especially <laughs> when you you know go around the league too. Like you could be playing for this team next year. That's what's the ironic thing about like the to thing, right? You're talking exactly. out yourself uh, potentially like um, whenever your agent is negotiating with the team. That may be a consideration. Oh, guys, this is Juju Talk Sports. You like sports betting, right? Of course you do. Well, let's bust that slump. Let me tell you about Razorsport.com. Razor is a worldwide sports betting network all designed around helping you. Their diverse crew of handicappers produce plays the biggest sharps don't want you to know about. Go to their website right now and sign up for a free trial at Razorsport.com. That's Razor, R-A-Z-E-R, sport.com. Proud partners of the Slump Buster Podcast. Check them out and enjoy the rest of the show. The Browns, again, won their first playoff game in ages, decades. I wasn't even born yet. I might have been born. I don't know. I didn't get to see it. (laughs) Right. But will they get clapped? Because they are facing the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a 10-point favorite. It is Andy Reid off of bye week. That is a steep favorite for a playoff game. Jeez. I think, again, they're they just They got giving, the book on Kansas City, don't they? I think they're just giving Andy Reid, again, the benefit, giving the bump there. I mean... Off of a bye. Patrick Mahomes, they gave him two weeks, though. That kind of concerns me. I've always been one of those guys with the rest versus rust argument. Exactly. Lean towards, uh, just play your starters towards the end. Or at least a little bit. Some kind right. of integration because I haven't really seen too many examples of teams resting their guys down the stretch, especially when they already have bye week lined up and it working out, i.e. that one Colts team that went 14-2, and could have went 16-0 if they wanted to. Right. I think if you're the Browns, obviously you want to keep things as simple as possible. Keep it on the ground. Keep the Chiefs offense at the bay. But the fact that the Chiefs could just be so explosive, if Andy Reid has the opportunity to scheme up the first 15 to 20 plays, and I know he's been thinking about it for the last two weeks. Oh, yeah. I think a young, immature Browns team coming off their first huge emotional win. Right. That's why I think that Vegas isn't too far in this line. I think Kansas City can cover it. I feel you, man. I could definitely see Kansas City covering, but as far as the Browns actually getting clapped, I don't see them just getting wiped. I don't see that happening, and here's why. The two ways to beat Kansas City, put pressure on Mahomes and run the football. And what do the Browns do pretty well in the NFL? They have probably the best backfield in the league, and they know how to rush the passer. You look at the line, man. They've got a lot of good picks on that line. Their front seven in general. I mean, even their linebackers are good. Their front seven in general is one of the best in the NFL. Obviously, the offense is starting to come around like when Baker gets on a good day and, you know, when everybody's clicking and the backfield's working, like the Browns are a good team. I'm going to give the Browns a chance in this game. I'm still going to pick Kansas City comfortably, and if they do win by 10, you know, the money wouldn't lie to you. It's obviously there in Vegas. They've got the book on KC, Andy Reid off a bye. Mahomes, this team is Absolutely. You know, they're probably going to the Super Bowl without question, but I would definitely give Cleveland a chance because like I mentioned, they can rush the passer and they can run the football. And also Kansas City secondary can have gaps in it at times. You look at the five game stretch where Patrick Mahomes had under 100 passer rating. That was the longest of his career. And they've really been sleepwalking since like November. And I get it. You know, some people say maybe they got bored with the regular season, whatever the case may be. That energy eventually starts to stick to you if that's the level of football you're playing. So unless Kansas City comes out and just immediately elevates their game to 
what they, you know, to what we know that they are at 100% capacity, they have a chance to lose this football game if they come in sleepwalking because the Browns know who they're playing. And as funny as this sounds, the, the, the question is, do the Chiefs really know who they're playing right now? Because Kevin Stefanski's back. So you know he's motivated. They just won that game without him. He's back. He's ready. He's going to be working on his schemes to draw up as well. So it's going to be an interesting game. Like I said, I'm going to take Kansas City to win and probably cover, but I don't see the Browns getting blown out, man. I don't. Well, let's start that controversy. Kevin Stefanski, they uh, won by a bigger margin without you. So right, maybe that should open a question mark. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no. He's my uh, coach of the year for sure. Stefanski's my coach of the year without question, man. You look what he did for Cleveland. That's huge. Again, this organization has just been so bad for so long. Right. It, when you win 11 games from 2000 to 2019, and then you come in and win 11 games in one season, that's a lot for your fan base to look forward to. Well, you Especially just have to, with the progressment or the advancement of Baker Mayfield. Well, you would just have to say one thing. What's the biggest change between this year's team and last year's team? The head coach. The coaching. That's why I, I specifically made it a point. Shout out to Brian Bolster for being on that episode when we chopped it up about Fields and Lawrence as well. Why coaching surpasses town in the NFL. Look at the Steelers last year, bro. They lost their quarterback, wide receiver, and running back and still were fighting for playoff contention. They still were. Like, look at the Browns. Freddie Kitchens was garbage trash and then they go and get Kevin Stefanski the coordinator for Minnesota and he's doing his thing man so Stefanski's definitely coach of the year he's a good guy and I mean who knows what the Browns could be for the next few years they're in that division to play they know how to beat Pittsburgh now so we'll see man it might be Pittsburgh or you know it it might be Cleveland over Pittsburgh here for the next few years that's obviously a stretch because it's been one season for Cleveland but the way he's turned that culture around and just made that team really believe that they cannot be the laughingstock of the NFL is absolutely remarkable okay well let's stay in the AFC then let's see who's going to be facing them on the other side of the bracket who are, well actually who are we gonna say so we're sticking with chiefs right just to confirm oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 chiefs are, chiefs are winning that football game. despite all the praise for the browns we're going chiefs yeah anyway. yeah chiefs are gonna win that football game mahomes is too magical it'll probably be you know like my my buddy justin said a guy i go live with on thursdays the, the browns could really lead they could really lead the first three quarters of that football game all mahomes needs is one drive we've seen it all he needs is one drive to make something happen man and that's where i believe that the coaching and the talent would truly separate right there i'm gonna say 35 21 I agree. I agree. I could see 35-21. I could see maybe a 35-31, but um, I agree with you, man. It could definitely be a, a, a comfortable win for Kansas City. Okay. Ravens, Bills. Two and a half point favorites are Buffalo. Ravens are coming in hot. Was this yeah, they like are. five straight wins, six straight wins that they're on? Yep. The Ravens are looking really good right now. They got a win that I felt like they were overdue. When mm-hmm. it comes to that matchup against the Titans, I felt like they were just, they were due. Oh yeah, they were due for one. Absolutely. And then as far as the Bills, I'm going to say this, I'm concerned about them after this one, oh, the too. last game. Why I'm concerned is Josh Allen looked amazing, but he was improvising so much. And he had to, he got away with it because of his talent. He almost fumbled the game away. Let's yeah. not forget about that. That long third and forever was caused because he kept trying to make this work make things work you have a right. lead, dude you, you can't they have go no back. Game. you can't go backwards all that and then at the very end fumble it against a team like the ravens i feel as though mistakes are going to be very costly and that's why i'm going to say ravens upset here i'm totally agreeing with you man and i've thought about this game probably the most all week i've definitely thought about this game more than i have between breeze and brady man like this game has really been weighing on me because you look in the bills and colts game the bills got outplayed bro time of possession sacks yards they, they, they got outplayed you can go look at the numbers there's no question about it it's it's all over there for you and you look at the ravens man how they were able to hold derrick henry to 40 yards a guy who ran for over two thousand yards 
held him to less than 50. That's saying a lot. That defense is good. And then you also look as well. The Colts were really able to expose that secondary at Buffalo. Phillip Rivers had some shots. Pittman and Hilton were out there. Mo Ali Cox was out there as well. And Lamar has had a little bit of the pressure lifted off his shoulders now. Like he came for, you know, it was 10 nothing, and they won. You know, at least for now, throw that narrative out that Lamar can't play from behind. And he passed the ball decently in that game. Obviously still made the magic happen with his legs. And that's the quarterback that he is. But Lamar and Harbaugh really understand the pressure right now. And the defense is absolutely there for Baltimore. We know the offense that they have. And I'm definitely going to take Baltimore to upset. I've wanted to, I've been saying it all week that I was going to pick the Bills only because I wanted to be right in my pickums. But I'm going to go with my heart on this one, man. I've got Baltimore in an upset this weekend without question, simply because the Bills can't run the football. And I think Baltimore at this point in the playoffs, better coaching, better quarterback. You can argue the roster is better, although the Colts are extremely talented. I'm going to take the uh, definitely take the Ravens in an upset, man. It's going to be a heartbreaker for Buffalo. It is. But I'm going to take Ravens to upset because that defense is just there. And if Buffalo plays like they did last game, Zach Moss is out. So they can't run the football. They did just put Devontae Freeman on the practice squad. Maybe call him up for some for some help on the run game. I don't know. But um, not running the football. You know, that was Pittsburgh's problem. So I think it's going to be tough here. And I think I think Baltimore takes the game in an upset for sure. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows my favorite fan base is Bill's Mafia. That's why it's going to be very disappointing to see a lot of heartbroken fans up north. Yeah, I think it's just going to come down to turnover ratio here. Exactly. I, I think when I watch that game again, just uh, I could see Josh Allen like blinking first versus Lamar. And right. I like and, that. I, I mean, Lamar, if he does anything particularly well and he does a lot very well, mm-hmm. it's keep the ball on in his team's hands. And right. I think that's how they're going to beat Buffalo this weekend. And here's another thing, bro. You keep Josh Allen on the sidelines and you dominate time of possession. I think we know that the Ravens can run the football better than Indianapolis Colts. That's a no-brainer. I think the Ravens probably have the best running schemes in the NFL. You know, maybe some other people can contest me on that, but I really like what I see from the Ravens in the run game. If they can pound that football and control the clock, man, Buffalo has no chance in this game because they can't stop anybody. They they just beat the Colts by three, but the Colts aren't a slump either. and, And that's one thing that kind of pissed me off with people is like I've been high on Indy all year I think they had maybe the best draft in the NFL to be totally honest with you they were a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender so like I said you look at a team like Baltimore who I think is better at this point it's gonna be tough man it's gonna be tough and I'm taking Baltimore with an upset for sure okay let's shift our focus then let's go to the NFC and this one is a pretty easy one to start off with for me <laughs> the Rams are heading into Lambeau. Yeah, I should say it all right there. But the Packers are six and a half point favorites. That's huge. Easiest, simplest explanation I can say for why the Packers are going to win this game. It's Jared Goff on the road, cold weather. He has shown no ability to move the ball down the field in these circumstances. I always remember that 2018 game against the Chicago Bears. And that's going to become very apparent very soon in this game. As much as I love the Rams defense, if you can just shift some of the pass rush, um, pass protection to Aaron Donald's side, Aaron Rodgers, give him some time. And he's going to find the open guy because... Do we even know if Aaron Donald's going to play? If That's too. That's another big thing. And yeah. Playing in the cold conditions too, the Rams may be even in a position. I think I think he's gonna play. Yeah, right. Like he he's a gamer. He's gonna play, but at what level? What percentage of Aaron Donald are we getting at that point? Right. Especially with a rib injury. We we're talking about Drew Brees' ribs for months on end, and we're talking about a guy who has so much power and strength and drives from his core. Uh, he's gonna be feeling that on every single attempt. Um, he might have to get one of those Tyrod Taylor like shots. Hopefully they don't puncture a lung, but still. Right. <laughs> Sheesh. I feel you, man. 
What about you, Adam? How are you feeling? A pretty simple one for you, too? Um, I would say that the Rams definitely have a chance. I like the defense that I see from the Rams. And I'm going to tell you right now, if DK, not DK, excuse me, if Jalen Ramsey comes out and is able to actually contest Devontae Adams, I think we could see a version of Aaron Rodgers that we haven't seen all year because correct me if I'm wrong, but the Packers don't have a great record against winning teams this year, right? They're kind of in the same boat as Tampa Bay right now. Like they beat up on a lot of bad teams, if I'm not mistaken. Like they've won some good games, don't get me wrong, but like that loss to the Colts, that was kind of tough. You know, we'll we'll throw that out. Not even worried about that. I feel like if they can really put Devontae and put Ramsey on an island and Ramsey controls that battle, because we know the Rams have the potential to win in the trenches. And let's not forget that David Bakhtiari is not in this game. He obviously went out and he has not been available for the playoffs, having that injury in practice. I am going to take the Packers to win. I'd love for the Rams to win. So that way, if my Saints beat the Bucs, man, we can host the NFC Championship. More than likely, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going to win this game. But, I, you know, don't be shocked if there's an upset from the Rams because they're playing a really good defense. Like, it's not just going to be a rollover. And let's not act like the Packers don't have a soft defense. The Packers do have a soft defense. It can be exposed. Let's not disrespect Sean McVay. I know Cooper Cup got banged up a little bit in the same with Aaron Donald, but they know it's on the line right now. Now, I'd say that those guys are going to play. And uh, I'd argue that Sean McVay is a better coach than Matt LaFleur, man. I definitely would. All due respect to Matt LaFleur. Obviously, he's got better weapons. He's got better talent over there. But Sean McVay is a fantastic coach, and everybody knows that. We see what he was able to do with the Rams taking them to the Super Bowl. I am going to take the Packers in this one. But like I said, don't be shocked if there's an upset from the uh, from the Rams if they can control that secondary and win in the trenches, man, for sure. Defense no could be- show up in that game. No one's going to contest that Sean McVay is a fantastic coach. The problem is even a healthy Jared Goff would give me cause for concern. And he's he's got screws in his thumb. He's got screws in his thumb. The Packers do have a good pass rush with, you know, the Smith brothers. Right. For a guy who's a little bit of a statue. The only chance that the Rams will have in this game is if they can really establish the running game. If you look at the Packers, what's their biggest area of weakness? That zone running scheme that, Obviously, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners were able to expose last year in the NFC Championship game. If Cam Akers could get rolling, then that's going to be the only opportunity I see for the Rams to win. But I think that, again, they just have so many limitations, so many guys banged up, and this is not an easy road trip for them. That's why the Packers are going to win in this game. I feel you, man. I definitely feel you. I love what I'm seeing from that Rams defense, but I I don't know if they've got enough in that subpar play of Jared Goff. But here's the thing. If the Rams come to play, like if the Rams come to play, man, I feel like this could maybe, just maybe, call me crazy if you want, be an easy game for the Rams because if they can expose that softness, if they can get Cam Akers going, if they can isolate Devontae, like it's a tall task, no question. But the Rams have the pieces to do it. The question is, I mean, it really comes down to what version of Jared Goff are you going to get? It's kind of like a Phillip Rivers. Is he going to come out and get strips sacked in the last two minutes of the game and throw a pick when you don't need him to or is he going to come out and play flawless and throw for like 280 yards and three touchdowns you know what version of him are you going to get and it's really is a coin flip on him but Packers are probably going to win this game. hey you're talking to the guy who bet wrong on the Packers two years in a row I've said you six and ten team two years in a row since the inception of this podcast I've been the resident Packers hater Packers fans don't even listen they tune me <laughs> in. that's why like I'd be with you I'd be open to it the last thing this podcast can afford is the Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl at this point. Oh, whoo. I know that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know that's right, man. Peter Bowl 2021. Right. Uh, all right. Well, this one obviously near and dear to you. Let's yes, sir. Note here. Thank you so much for saving it for the, it, it means. Means, yeah, it felt right. I mean, like the television networks seem to be aligned with you in the same respect, saving this one for the final game on Sunday. I know, right? They they had to, didn't they? Yeah, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Saints are a three 
point favorite, considering that they've beaten the Buccaneers by 30 plus the last couple times or 20, at least 20 plus in the week one. I, I won't exaggerate. Right. Too. Yeah. I think it was like 11, um, 11 points, something like that. But I feel you good wins on both ends. No question. Yeah. The 38 to three was enough to speak for itself. I'll let you kick it off on what we can expect this Sunday in the third matchup of these two legends. Absolutely, man. So it's going to be one of two things. I think it's going to be either a knockdown drag out game in terms of potentially being a shootout. I could see that happening, but I could also see a really tightly contested defensive game and it's going to come down to one mistake. And even if I wasn't a Saints fan, I give the Saints the edge in this game because I think they've got the coaching. They've definitely got the defense and you can argue that the offense on its best day could be more lethal than that Bucks offense. We obviously know who Brady is. He's had a better season than Breeze. He can still throw the deep ball. I mean, he might be the smartest of the two. I mean, let's not decide who's better, you know, <laughs> between like, you know, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, man. Like, obviously, you know, they're both really great guys in terms of intelligence and being accurate. But I feel like it's going to be Sean Payton is going to be able to outcoach Bruce Arians. And we're going to be able to have that secondary unlock because the Bucks secondary on the flip side is average. And we've got our receivers back. You know, I want to say they're 26, 25th in the league and allowing passing yards. So definitely not something you want to see from a team that's trying to push with this super team build and go in a Super Bowl. I definitely want the Saints to try to establish the ground game. I think we can win in the trenches without question. I know Trey Henderson's coming back, so we're going to need to get pressure on Brady in order to get him off of his rocker and, you know, make him not effective. And at the same time as well, I know the, the Bucks are going to be bringing the pressure. I know the Bucks are coming to play, man. They, in a way, both of these teams, it's, it's almost like a double-edged sword because in a way, the Saints are the team that the Bucks do want to see in the playoffs, but also in a way at the same time, they're the last team they wanted to see in the playoffs. They want to see them because they played them twice. They've been to New Orleans. They've lost to them in New Orleans and they've lost to them, you know, in their house in Tampa Bay with that embarrassment. But you also look on the flip side of the Saints, you know, is Sean Payton going to bring that same game plan? Is he going to be able to take the third one in a row? Now they're meeting in the playoffs. And, you know, like I said, with the Saints, they, you know, the Buccaneers potentially are the team that they did want to see because they know them. They're probably ready for every play they have. They've seen the tendencies this year, but Tampa Bay, is really polished you know they came in Tampa Bay and the Ravens were probably the two hottest teams at the right time going into the playoffs the emergence of Antonio Brown you know Brady's been playing well Bruce Arians seems like he's trying to get the offensive schemes better for him but like I said I feel like you know these teams are pretty evenly matched on both levels it's going to come down to coaching and defense that's where I feel like New Orleans has the advantage man and I am going to take the Saints to win this game in a close one but I'm going to take the Saints to edge this one out and move on to the NFC championship well, this game comes down to legacy. Obviously, oh yeah, hundred percent. He came back this year with the idea that this would be his time to make a title run. Obviously, the Saints have dealt with some heartbreaks over the last few years when it comes oh, to yeah. trying to win that second Super Bowl for Breeze. Tom Brady, on his end, his first year away from Bill Belichick. The Patriots aren't in the playoffs. Tom Brady had one playoff win. He wants more, and if he does get to the Super Bowl this year. His path, aside from facing Taylor Heineke, will look something like this. I beat Drew Brees. I beat Aaron Rodgers. And maybe I beat Patrick Mahomes. Right. The AFC is still a toss-up for me, bro. I feel like it could be Allen Mahomes or maybe even Lamar, dude. Seriously. But even if we're just saying, you know, favorites, you know, in mm. Brady's mind, who he's thinking, he wants to beat the best. Right. Here, just knock on his legacy. Oh, you play in the AFC East. You go against the Dolphins and the Jets. You have an easy path through the Super Bowl. Right. They you win one game. You have to go through Peyton Manning, but that's about it. Right. Now he's in the NFC. Now he gets to go through Breeze. Now he gets to go through Rodgers. Yep. In that second game, Tom Brady is so ego-driven. He still remembers he's pick 199. Right. The guy who has won six Super Bowls, been to nine, still talks about the fact that he was pick 199 every second of every day. And he's still that hungry, is, and that's what I respect about Brady. And that is why I'm going to break your heart, Adam. 
I'm going to go with the Bucks. I know, man. And their third time around because I just have a hard time betting against that guy at this point, especially coming off that embarrassment. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest difference in the last time these two teams played? Michael Thomas is back, so that's a plus for the Saints. Obviously, the Bucks don't have the best secondary. I think how they've been beaten in the past hasn't been necessarily the Michael Thomas route. Obviously, speed guys over the top have been able to burn them in particular. Right. Thomas, expert route runner. Um, Like you mentioned, Drew Brees doesn't necessarily have the deep ball in his arsenal, though. As far as on the Bucks half of things, AB is really coming strong. Like you said, they've just seemed to be flowing a little bit more offensively oh, yeah. early in the season, heading offense. into that Saints game. We had those Bruce Arians headlines, Bruce Arian versus Tom, Bruce Arian versus Tom. Now it seems to be just they're working in tandem with each other. We're seeing enough deep balls, but it's not an overabundance of the two. Right. We're seeing a little bit more Brady in there. And I think the Bucks' offense, just it, it just gels better. And now they've gotten the running game going with Fournette and Rojo and a decent mix there as well. And I, I think this is where they get their revenge here. And um, I'm going to pick the Bucks in the upset. I feel you, man. I feel you. And you're not wrong with that pick. You know, if there's one thing I've always said, it's you don't bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs, but this is going to be the one time that I do because this year is just so different for him. Like, I know he's got the motivation coming in, and I know that he wants to win this game extremely. He's still hungry. You know, the legacy, it's not on the line. He just wants to improve that legacy because if he's not already the GOAT, he will be if he wins the Super Bowl this year. There's no question about that. But, you know, I mean, he, you know, they're going to come to play without question. I, I've said so far, this could potentially be the best game of the entire playoffs. Yes, even better potentially than the Super Bowl. I think that's how great this game is going to be. And, you know, here we go. We're going to have it at 640 on Sunday. So we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be a fantastic game. I've still got the Saints winning because, like I said, I feel like it's a coaching mismatch. And that Saints defense is one thing that I've trusted like I've never trusted before, you know, for, for my team, man. I mean, you look at the year we won the Super Bowl. We, we weren't a great defense. We were about middle of the pack, but we forced a lot of turnovers. The Minneapolis Miracle defense wasn't great. No call year defense wasn't great. Even though I talked all year about the Saints winning the Super Bowl, I knew in the back of my mind that we would fall victim to the deep ball and the play action crossers, man. Like we could not guard that that year. And I don't know why. Last year was kind of the same thing. That's how we got beat in the playoffs because our defense was bad and defenses were all over us. But this year, man, this is the best team the New Orleans Saints have ever had. And if it's not the best team they've ever had, it is damn sure the best defense that they've ever had. And that's without question. So I think that's what that's what it's going to come down to. We're going to be able to get more pressure. We're going to be able to play better in the secondary. And I think we've got the coaching to do it, man. Okay. Well, that covers it for the NFL divisional round playoffs. Um, and to your second question, I think I'm going to go with uh, Jeff Bezos over Elon Musk. I, I think I'm going <laughs> to lean a little bit there. I don't know. You may disagree with me on that. I, I just think, you know, Bezos, he's over there. He already owns a huge successful company. Screw it. I'm right. like Whole Foods. He, he's taking our money every day. He just got some more money from me today. And he so went out it. there, you know, he got married, then he got divorced. So that's, uh, that does take kind of a hit on his legacy. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, his wife over is now, now the richest like female in history. Yeah. Right. Right. I but, feel that. man. All right, Adam. Well, obligatory plugs go for them. Absolutely, man. Of course, thank you for having me on the show as always. Everybody, once you're able to get off here and uh, find me on social media on all podcast platforms, once you do find me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be, just click the link in the bio. It'll drop down. That's every bit of content we're putting out on every podcast page or every podcast platform and every social media page. And um, good thing for people listening, I just started a giveaway today. Super easy because I hit a thousand followers on Instagram. If you want to enter it, go find me on IG. The giveaway's on there. It's really all through the link in the bio. It's super easy. I'm giving away 50 bucks cash money. Head over to my profile 
Run. You'll definitely have a chance to win that starting today, Wednesday rather, and then it'll be ending on Monday, January 18th. So everybody that wants a part in it, definitely at What Off Season Pod, spelled SZN for season on all platforms. I'm sure you'll plug me in the description and everything, man. Julian, man, it was a great time. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I love being on the Slump Buster podcast. Well, we love having you. And if you love hearing me and Adam talk, definitely check out this coming episode on the What Off Season podcast as I'm actually going to be joining Adam. Yes, and, sir. You know, we'll back it up. We'll run it back. Absolutely, man. For sure. It'll be nice to have you on there. You're, you're one up on me. So I got to get you. I got to get you on twice in a row now, man. I'm slacking. So, but no, man, I was definitely happy to get on here tonight and I can't wait to see this episode drop and I'll obviously promote the hell out of it for you as always, man. All right. Well, anyway, you're obviously listening, but are you subscribed? If you're not subscribed, let's go ahead and change that. Leave a five-star review, of course, at Slump Buster Podcast on IG, at Slump Buster Pod on Twitter. Find us on all major streaming platforms. Save 20% off, plus free shipping and handling at manscaped.com. Check out Razor Sport, K-Man Coffee, whatever you choose, whatever you need to help you bust the slump. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, happy, and healthy.